I'm Carly Fiorina, and this is By Example. On this podcast, we sit down with leaders of all types to explore examples of real leadership and the qualities of all great problem solvers. I think we get really confused about what leadership is. On By Example, we lift up the real leaders, people who are focused on changing the order of things for the better and solving real problems that are right in front of them. Leading by example. Hello, and welcome back to By Example, the bonus edition. This is Casey Enders, the CEO of Unlocking Potential, founded by Carly Fiorina. And I'm joined today by Jeffrey Richardson, our very handsome and argyle sweatered uh, managing director. Hello, Casey. <laughs> Hello, all. Happy to be here today on this wonderful Friday. Is it wonderful? Because I'll tell you, well, while I'm recording this podcast, hmm. I also have the Virginia Gardner-Webb game on hmm. in the background. And as a Virginia grad, I'm looking hmm. at this score at halftime and I'm not happy. So hmm. I know hopefully this will have aged very well by the time that the podcast hmm. gets released. But right now I'm very stressed. Hmm. Yeah. I love you, Casey. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the UNC game at 920 tonight. And we've got we've got a few. It's March Madness <laughs> in this office is <laughs> contentious, to say the least. <laughs> so anyway, that aside, and I apologize if there's some stressful background noises. I will I will own that I'm trying to multitask during this <laughs> podcast recording. We can do it. <laughs> but uh, that aside, I think we're really excited. Um, this week's episode of By Example, if you haven't listened to it, uh, Carly speaks with Kayla and Sarah. And Kayla is the first lobbyist, registered lobbyist on Capitol Hill with Down syndrome. And uh, this week, very timely episode because Thursday was National Down Syndrome Day. And so we had an opportunity to hear Carly and Kayla and Sarah, her colleagues, speak about her experience in leadership and hear a bit about Kayla's philosophy on leadership. And Jeffrey will do a little bit of a recap of the episode, but I, I'll just say, you know, I took away from it this idea that Carly always talks about the the point of our podcast is to identify and lift up um, sometimes quite obvious examples of leadership and sometimes folks who you may not know their name they may not be in the news every day obviously Carly had conversations with folks like Colin Powell and Baron Davis and Jay Billis and Gretchen Carlson names you know and recognize but she also has conversations with leaders like Kayla and Sarah who you may not know their names they may not be in the news every day but who are truly deep Deeply exhibiting the characteristics of leadership and leading by example every day. Yes, truly, truly. And uh, you will have noticed that the subtitle for this uh, this uh, week's episode with Kayla uh, calls it a masterclass. And, you know, we've referred to other things and conversations as masterclass. But I will say when you talk, when we are talking about the theme that we have on this podcast of uplifting up leaders by example regardless of title position or power this is a master class by example I mean mm. Kayla um, and, and Sarah but Kayla in particular is just the living embodiment absolutely um, of all of our philosophy and principles um, of leadership and I thought this conversation was timely also um, and not intentional but very timely coming after the Arthur Brooks conversation mm. which started to which sort of spoke 
about this sort of lens of toxicity around Washington and this adversarial sort of nature that we've gotten ourselves into. And to think sort of coming off that discussion, which sort of frames folks, you know, myopic sort of obsession with Washington from a negative lens. And here we are highlighting the story and uplifting the example of leadership in Washington as a lobbyist who is working in Washington, Mm. her contacts and connections on Capitol Hill and organizations actively working every day across this city for the better and authentic leadership. I'm like, yeah, so exciting. So, um, so what, uh, so tell me a couple things, Jeffrey, I want to get to your aha moment, but Mm -hmm. first tell me when you think about Kayla as the embodiment of leadership, as we talk about it, what characteristics or what in particular from their conversation stood out to you as that example? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, they talked a lot about her, uh, Kayla and Carly talked about courage Mm -hmm. and and clearly that's one that stands out, right? We think, you know, um, here Kayla is, um, a person, um, who has down syndrome, who's managed to harness the courage to not let that or really other people's perceptions of what that means for her to be a person who has Down syndrome stop her from um, not only, you know, having the life that she desires to have, but then also telling her story and telling her story uh, and using it to affect change. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, like that takes a lot of courage. Um, and the fact that when she talks about courage and Carly asked her about that, she didn't start talking about courage. Well, I'm a strong person and I can do this and I've done that. She talked about how her colleagues around her and those she's worked with have created, really created the opportunity for her to, to own, you know, develop this courage and have this courage and without them and that support and, that she wouldn't able to be able to be courageous. And I love that she talked about the stuff she's afraid of, right? So one thing Carly always says that I love is that courage isn't the absence of fear. It is continually confronting fear yes. and that 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 courage becomes easier over time. Not easier, I shouldn't say it that way. Um, but it be, you get used to it over time. Um, yes. And it becomes something you want to do, just like working out becomes something you want to do, even though, you know, it's something you have to continue to do and practice over time. And um, and I think what I loved about that conversation was both Kayla and Carly owning that they still have things they're afraid of. They've always had things that they are afraid of. And courage isn't not being afraid. Uh-huh. It is it, it is acknowledging and recognizing that fear and then practicing overcoming it on a regular basis. Yes. And I think that's the thing. I mean, she clearly embodies it and is walking it. And I think when we look at sort of the lens of, I was connecting back to the Arthur Brooks conversation in the previous podcast, sort of around the lens of Washington, is I think there's a lens that, you know, folks, there folks that come to Washington with courage, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't last long. And mm-hmm. so to, to, to that see amen. that right, amen. It, it can get beat out of you, right? It does not last Locked long. up, yeah. you know, and here we are trying to unlock, amen. you know, that potential encouraging and to have folks like Kayla who are working working um, in this Washington of 2019 yeah. and, and harnessing that courage every day. She says, you know, they talked about language and people using offensive language mm-hmm. towards folks who have uh, Down syndrome or other, you know, um, different uh, abilities. Uh, and she says, you know, no, I'm going to check them on that. I'm going to tell them that they yeah. should use that language, but then I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let them using that language stop me from getting Mm. my message out. And that's often hard, particularly in spaces where there's political, you know, 
uh, partisan politics involved or just in, just personal politics, right? That's to, right. In an environment where you're having to confront uh, that and then where it may impact particularly your livelihood and your profession, to be able to have that stance that she has um, and to recognize that had it not been for the folks that she works with and the different perspectives that she Absolutely. gets to harness, she wouldn't be able to walk in that courage every day. Just telling you, go back and listen to the podcast if Absolutely. you have it. This woman is powerful. Is powerful. So powerful. So what was your, you may have already said it, but reiterated if you have, what was your aha moment, well, Jeffrey? So my big aha moment that's really actually just had me going this week, we were actually talking about it a bit yesterday um, with a, a visitor who stopped by the office, one of our, our, our coaches, and it was this idea that Kayla uses the language differently abled. Mm, goodness, that's, and that's my aha moment. I mean, <laughs> or was it? I mean, like, those, I mean, I'm not surprised because yeah. it's just so but Powerful. I just... Of all the things, there's so much in this discussion, folks, when you go back and listen to Carly, Kayla, and Sarah's conversation, uh, so much amazing uh, gems there. But this one, just I just couldn't let it go because it just opened up a new lens. Even for myself as somebody mm -hmm. who's worked in the volunteer space, worked in youth spaces, and have worked as a social worker with young people in schools that are differently you know, abled, never having been exposed to that frame and language. You used to use access and functional needs. Yeah, yeah. All kinds learning of disability even right yes. it's a very common one that yes no um totally um and so this idea that we are all differently able takes the focus away from a you know another conversation the that uh, the otherness like yeah, it takes right. the focus off of kayla's specific otherness which in this case is that she has down syndrome and presents an opportunity for us to see all of us is differently able because we all are differently abled. Yeah. Right. I mostly, but I don't exercise or run or anything, <laughs> but I'm not that athletic. Right. So <laughs> I am differently able than my older brother who is superly athletic yeah. and can do amazing things. Right. I wear glasses and I have to wear those glasses in order to be able to like, those are physical things that I'm talking about, but it, it just in a very simple lens, it's like, Wow, how powerful if we could all get to the place where yeah. we weren't focused on the difference alone and we were able to see the ability, right? The differently able. Yeah. Like, I see your ability. So I'm starting with seeing your ability before I see the difference. And if I can start from where I see your ability, that means I can see your possibility and I can see the potential. Well, and what I love about Kayla is, again, she leads by example in this, right? She demonstrates her abilities, right? She yes. owns the fact, she doesn't talk about the limitations that she faces, right? If you listen to that podcast from beginning to end, Kayla's not talking about the limitations that are presented to her you know, by having Down syndrome, she talks about the opportunities. She talks about her strengths. She talks about the things that she has achieved and accomplished in her life. And I, I love that frame, right? It is, it's this idea of she is recognizing in herself her abilities. And then to the point she and Carly discussed also in the podcast, then she recognizes it in others. Then she spends a lot of time because she's already appreciated her abilities and yes. because others in her life lifted her up. She then goes out and lifts others up. And and I think about this, you know, it's interesting, I, the practical application, I, I think of this podcast is around language. And I think, mm -hmm. I think that it was my aha moment too, because um, there's a young person in my life who was, who was recently um, discovered he had a, a learning disability. And it was interesting me to, interesting to me to understand more about this learning disability. So 
the learning disability is called dyscalculia, and it is like dyslexia, but it applies to math. Um, mm. So this this young person, t- um, who I'm very close to, tested in the 99th percentile on verbal and in the first percentile on math. Wow. That meant that he would never process math above a third or fourth grade level. Um, but this this guy, he is so gifted. He Because he has struggled mm. in math, he has developed this uncanny ability to problem solve Mm. to pick himself back up he has this mindset where something goes wrong he picks himself back up i did not have that mindset when i was 17 i just Mm. didn't he does something goes wrong in his life he picks himself right back up and and to me that is all a function of what i think others would call a disability Mm -hmm. but for him has been truly an ability Mm. and um and so far away he is such a special kid in that way and um and i see i see i see that in the language right like learning disability never felt right to me when i was talking about it because i don't think he is dis right the way that kayla talks about that um what's the word when it goes on the front of a word (laughs) <laughs> now uh, prefix. prefix. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. When but when Kayla talks about dis as a prefix, right? Yes. Like you the way the root of that word is is can't, cannot, yes. something that is missing or wrong. And versus just saying differently abled, right? Mm-hmm. Which highlights the skills, the attributes, the positive nature. I, I'm sorry to I feel like I'm on a soapbox here, but I feel so passionately yes, no, about it, it because it matters. Well, the funny thing, it it matters in, in, in some ways, like, you know, I'm a root cause analysis person. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, when we start talking about some of these issues of culture, yep. right, and this broader conversation of um, the barriers of us being able to problem solve and then therefore work together, make things, you know, um, better together, it really kind of starts from there. Absolutely. It starts from our ability or lack of ability to see the whole person and that means not only seeing the dis right yep, not yep. only seeing the difference not only seeing the but challenging yourself to actually start from or put more focus on the ability the yep. the alignment the the possibility the potential um and if you can mm. if we can manage to do that in almost any circumstance or situation it's a win that's right we know we know automatically what the loss is right Mm -hmm. so you know everyone has limitations last year you know i was in a boot because of my achilles Mm -hmm. and my flat feet so automatically i know the limitations what i can't do right right. so i don't need to talk about that i can tell you (laughs) i don't know what to do the, the opportunities and what can I now do? What I'm, am I able? That's what you're interested in. I came in, you know, come into the office, hear about what I can't do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what are you able to do, Jeffrey? Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's what we could do together. Yeah, that's yeah, creating that's and accomplishing. Right. And so if we can begin to move, you know, people to starting at, in that place in conversation about difference and what we label as diversity and yeah. inclusion and see opportunity. Again, you know, I, the the opportunity is truly limitless. So, Jeffrey, let me ask you, because I know, I think one thing we share is we don't believe in being language police, right? So you yes. and I are not the type of people that are listening into every conversation and waiting for somebody to make a mistake, right? No. That's intent, not intent. I, I try to challenge myself. I'm human. I'm human. Yep. Um, <laughs> they're <laughs> friends and family that would check me. You know, it's like, <laughs> so I think you'd be authentic. Yeah, I'm human. Yeah, yeah. But I, I try to listen to intention because I think, you know, we, I do, we all speak with language because of experience. It's what we've heard. It's what we know. 
Uh, not everyone necessarily uses language intentionally to harm right. or to hurt. And so I think it's important um, around some things. I mean, there's some things and settings that culturally we know, like, come on, like, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. just you can, you know, the feeling and setting an environment, right? When you're having a conversation or somebody says something. And so I try to listen to um, intent, but give people the opportunity and the space um, to, even if they make a mistake, Give them the opportunity and space to show up and prove what their intent is. Mm-hmm. And so really give them the opportunity to show that, no, my intent is not to harm. I just didn't know or I don't understand. Or and how, how do you have that conversation? Because I know that can be awkward. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important, right? Yeah. I think you and I both both picked that aha moment because it is super. It can be very important. Yes. Um, how do you start that? Con- like if somebody says, like, forget <clears throat> let's for a second. Um, actually, maybe these are both good examples. So one one other part of language that um, Kayla talks about is the R word, mm-hmm. right? She said, I won't say it on the podcast. We won't either. But she said, we're not going to use the R word. That's offensive. I stop people who say it. And she said, you know, I'm trying to tra- change the language around disability. Obviously, those are two different. One is deeply offensive, to your yes. point, right? That you have to stand up and say something. And one is more a conversation starter. How do you... Honestly, how do you start that conversation with, let's call it a friend or colleague, where it might be a bit awkward to say something? I think follow Kayla's lead. And I think Kayla gave a formula and a model that I think is, is right on and brilliant. It depends upon the setting, but play to your strength. I think in Kayla's instance, and you can hear it a, a bit of mm-hmm. the tone in yeah, her voice yeah. and podcast, she plays to her strength of humor. And so she snaps it right in the bud. Oh, excuse yeah. me. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Yep. And then gives them the background on why no. Good. You know, and then the setting and, you know, opportunity pivots to what the conversation mm-hmm. in her work, right? Okay, I'm here to talk about Good. this bill. And I would imagine in a relationship with a friend or somebody random, then pivot. Um, the way often to do that is to make it personal, right? So mm-hmm. not personal in the way that you're challenging the person like they did something bad against you or something yeah. like that. But sharing a personal story mm-hmm. about how that affected you or you observed it directly affecting someone else. And I think when people, when we can get out some of the jargon and the sure, heightened sure. emotion and get to I, Jeffrey, feel this way, Casey, when that word is used because I've had this experience of people not seeing my whole self. And so when I hear that word, it makes me feel like my whole self is not present and welcomed Mm. here. And I need and desire my whole self to be present and welcome so I can bring my... And I think that's where to start. You know, get it very personal. You know, pull out of the jargon. You know, it's hard because sometimes our emotions get triggered. And so you have to take a pause. Don't be reactionary. Take a pause. I think Kayla would tell you to take a pause and, you know, get yourself together. Right. Yeah. You know, um, she has her strategy, you know, in, in, in place and ready. But take a pause and then figure out how you communicate the substance and the reality, as we said, clear eyed and specific yeah. and real I love that. of what that word, that language, that frame, how that impacts you. Um, and then use that as a learning opportunity. Most people, when you start talking about your personal experience, even if they don't agree, particularly in this era of sort of we're really into reality and story, most folks at least want to learn, lean in and listen. And if you can get folks at least listening, that opens the door um, of possibility. The other thing I think, um, so I love that, and I think that's an incredibly thoughtful way to react when somebody has used a word that, you know, or it has spoken in a way that, like, we just don't, we either want to open their mind to something new or we want to say, no, this isn't appropriate and here's why. And I was also thinking, so that's kind of the reactive piece of it. I think the other thing that um, 
you know, we can do on our team and that our listeners can do is start to have some proactive conversations, right? So it doesn't have to be um, picking an offensive word and talking to the office about why we don't use it. But maybe spend some time over the next week reflecting on how you talk about especially the people in your office and in your Mm -hmm. life and especially the people um, who may be different from you. How do you talk about them? Um, What is the language that you use? And how do you, you know, maybe go start a conversation, initiate a conversation which says um, it may be uncomfortable, but say, I'm trying to learn, you know, how do you like to have these conversations what's the type of language is this appropriate is this not appropriate in my experience and jeffrey you're such a role model for me in this like frankly specifically around race like i feel like i can come to you and have a conversation that says can you talk to me about what language is inclusive and feels right and you know that way i can have a conversation where i'm being respectful and um and of the times and authentic. And yeah. I and I want to do that. But I think, um, honestly, before knowing you, Jeffrey, I felt a little nervous. I wasn't sure how to initiate those conversations. I didn't have a partner who was as open um, to, you know, correcting me with grace and love and respect. And, um, and so I, I guess for our listeners, it, it's about finding those people in your life and then initiating those conversations. What does the language look and feel like? How can we um, frame things up in a way that feels respectful and good to everyone in the room, no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from, no matter if you're a UNC grad or a UVA <laughs> grad? <laughs> so even we, even we can come together and unlock potential together. Right? That's right. Though we may have some real disagreements during March Madness, <laughs> even we can find our way through the differences. Indeed. And I'll, I'll add a little note and say that as you're listening to this and thinking, you know, oh, my goodness, am I using the wrong language? Am I someone that, you know, disempowers others? Mm -hmm. As Casey's giving you, you know, take that opportunity to have conversations with folks and, you know, find out. And one of the ways before, you know, if you're nervous to sort of just jump Mm -hmm. out there and ask. I'm I'm nervous. (laughs) I'm very nervous. Is, you know, take a couple of days or take a week and take an awareness pause. Mm. And as you are engaging with talking with folks, monitor what comes out your mouth and how you describe as Casey said your teammates or team members or reference different people and 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 start to um you know keep track of is it uplifting are you focusing on oh Mary is great and awesome um, and has done this or is it always oh Mary you know has this she's lazy she's stupid mm -hmm. you know I mean everybody you know what the issue is you you know so you know, check yourself. And if, you know, and that 60 40, that 60 is on that dis side. Yeah. Then we, we might want to do some, we might want to do some work. <laughs> and, and honestly, and, you know what this all comes back to? It's empathy, right? Like yes. at the end of the day, this is a matter of recognizing that everybody comes from a different spot. Everybody's got, to your point, Jeffrey, whether it's a boot, whether it's a learning disability, whether it is Down syndrome, everybody comes from a different place and has a different set of limitations and a different set of abilities. And in order to recognize that and really own it, you, you need to find empathy, right? I, I think that's I think that's what you're saying about yes. going to your teammates, right? It is it's this assessment of how you spend your time thinking about and talking to and about them. Is it is it with empathy that says, you know, I'm assuming here's why Susan hasn't done X Y Z because I know she's got a lot going on and such and such and such, or is it kind of nasty and assumptive and um, lacking empathy? Yes, yes. Now that I think that sums it up, you know, um, and related to that, you know, kind of the purpose of empathy, as we always talk about it in leadership, 
it is if you're having sort of these lens and thoughts and as to for what purpose, right? So if you're trying to uplift and to create opportunity and looking at the positive, right? What can we do together? What can we achieve versus, you know, trying to, you know, uh, bring down, you know, mm. make less than, you know, destroy the neck going in the negative direction again, you know. So I know we've kind of talked your ear off and we've been talking <laughs> about talking today. <laughs> but if you haven't had a chance to hear the podcast in full, yes. um, absolutely go back to iTunes, check out the playlist. It will lift your spirit. It will lift your spirit. Beginning to end, it is such an inspirational, timely conversation. Hopefully you've taken something away um, from the conversation between me and Jeffrey that you can take black and apply with your family or your faith-based community or your workplace. Um, And as always, we love hearing feedback. So find us um, on www.carlyfiorina.com or you can find us on social media at Carly Fiorina on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And there's always a seat for you at the table at By Example. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. So on behalf of my delightful co-host, Jeffrey. And as always, be the example. (laughs) 